everyone. I'm Sibel. Hi, I'm Cassandra. And today we're going to discuss the topic of critical queer theory for our anthropological theory class. So before diving into the theory, let's begin with defining the word queer. So queer throughout the 1900s was used to explain something strange or peculiar. And then during the 20th century, it became an abusive slur word towards the LGBTQ community, referring to them as different in a negative way. Eventually, it was taken back by the community being adopted into a positive connotation, referring to individuals whose gender or sexual identity were deviant of gender binaries and heteronormativity. The acceptance of the word queer shifted between 1980 and 1990 during the uh, expansive human rights movements that began at the time. Thinking back to the civil rights movement, which began around the 1960s, there was a new discourse on gender and sexuality and the expression of sexuality and gender. During that time, LGBTQ advocates were going against laws such as sodomy laws, which were laws that criminalized sexual acts and the discrimination at that time. Basically, advocates wanted to decriminalize homosexuality. AIDS also became hot topic in the 1980s, which added, add, add, which added to the queer theory discourse. The majority of people catching AIDS were members of the LGBTQ community, specifically gay men. AIDS activism forced the issue of translating queerness into the national scene. Social categories such as gender, race, and sexuality played a role in how we think about social theory. With the events such as civil rights movement and the AIDS epidemic, Along with race movements, queer theory allowed an understanding of these events since there isn't a binary restriction that was placed in the way that queer theory analyzes. After the term queer shifted, the term queer theory was conceived by Teresa de Lourdes in 1991 in her cultural feminist studies, specifically the study called Queer Theory, Lesbian and Gay Sexualities. In her writing, she identifies three paramount aspects of the theory refusing heterosexuality as the normalized and accepted standard of sexuality, challenging the idea that lesbian and gay studies are a singular structure, and the idea that in many ways, race forms and creates sexual bias. These three aspects were the foundation of reconstructing cultural ideas of fixed identities within critical queer theory. The rejection of identities being classified and categorized, but instead are fluid and changing constantly throughout the lives of all individuals. Uh, queer theory had many contributors, such as Michael Foucault, a French philosopher uh, who contributed the knowledge of queer theory in his works titled The History of Sexuality. In that uh, work, he criticizes the repression of sexuality in the 19th and 20th centuries. Another contributor, Jacques Derrida, another French philosopher known for funding deconstruction, which emphasizes the eternal workings of language in the conceptual systems, the relational quality of meaning, and the assumptions implicit in forms of expression. In other words, it is how language is perceived, such as queerness. And then another contributor was Judith Butler, who was a gender theorist and a philosopher. She wrote the books Undoing Gender and Gender Trouble, and she focused on building off of Foucault's studies of the repression and deconstruction of sexuality by doing the same to gender. 
Her book, Gender Trouble in 1990, was considered a feminist theory, but contributes to queer theory because it breaks down the barriers and social constructs on gender. At the time and still today, men and women were viewed as masculine and feminine, but every individual is very different and gender identity is not that simple. Masculinity and femininity do not determine your sex, but it's a term coined from a person's behavior, mannerisms, verbiage, and self-portrayal that society puts into binary categories of male or female, which encourages heteronormativity. In 2004, she expanded on this book with her book, Undoing Gender, which focuses on how gender can be deconstructed and re-envisioned to be inclusive beyond male or female, straight or gay. When talking about queer theory, we must also mention heteronormativity, which is relating to or based on the attitude that heterosexuality is the only normal and natural expression of sexuality. Based on gender binary, heterosexuality is the preferred and default sexual orientation. For example, cis male and cis female attraction along with the appropriate gender behaviors. Erin DeVore, a Canadian sociologist, mentions that gender identities act as a cognitive filtering device, getting people to attend to and learn gender role behaviors appropriate to their status. This implements it from a young age to the environment, rewarding appropriate behavior and punishing inappropriate behavior, thus perpetrating heteronormativity. And then there are complications about heteronormativity that I've read about. Um, one of the biggest being lack of proper representation within law. And there was an article uh, by Nick Squilio which surrounded phenomenology, which is the philosophical study and experiences of consciousness. And his study allows those who work in law to better understand and value individuals' personal um, experiences and backgrounds. Uh, because the law consists of mostly a patriarchal body, that leads to issues of discrimination within the LGBTQ community. There's a lack of representation that can lead to important choices being made without acknowledging the other people who don't fit into the stereotypical body of law. And a main point in his article was orientation. Everyone orients themselves physically and mentally, and he emphasizes that individuals always orient themselves toward law, stating they're either under it, above it, in it, and so on. And the LGBTQ community unsettles the conventional heteronormative orientation, which can lead to individuals being disoriented or often disregarded by law. Uh, we must also look at look at Western cultural perspectives when thinking about queer theory. Within the Western family structure, typically the norm is a dad, mom, and children. The role of the parents is to teach their children appropriate gender behavior, and thus the normalization of heteronormativity begins when gender behaviors are either rewarded or punished. Children will learn their culture's definitions of gender and gender identity at the same time they will learn what gender behaviors are appropriate for them. Um, mentioning from Judith Butler's, uh, what she had mentioned was that gender is not natural. It is formed as um, a series of effects and how they are read. And Judith Butler also mentions that um, no one really has a gender. It's just rather um, developed over time. And that is how queer theory rejects the constructive mainstream normative ideas, which are social constructs that she mentions. 
And then I also wanted to bring up other cultures to parallel the traditionary binary Western perspective on gender and sexuality that most people are familiar with. Um, I just wanted to address the acceptance of individuals who fit outside these norms in other cultures. And while these other cultures generally have classifications of their own, I just wanted to share them because they deviate from the traditional binary categories. Um, so many other cultures throughout history don't have such severe classifications of sexual orientation. Uh, the Greeks, for example, in fifth century BCE, they had the word aphrodisia, meaning sexual desire, which was inclusive for men and women, and they didn't have a word for sexuality or homosexuality. And then in many Native American cultures, they had the term two-spirit, which referenced individuals who were not identified as male or female, but as a third gender. And they were regarded very highly, and they were often identified as individuals that had special abilities and brought good luck during uh, ceremonies. Queer theory also has its criticisms. Um, a professor named Guy Oaks mentions that queer theory is just a ruthless criticism of everything that exists. Uh, thus, queer theory may face a contradiction. The theory itself is exposed to nothing more than other arbitrary social inventions. The goal of queer theory was to take on the massive transgression of all conventional categories and analysis, yet it relies on the same categories it is said to be constructed to prove its validity. And then another critique of queer theory would be that it delegitimizes queer identities that are currently still trying to be regarded as valid, such as bisexuality. There are also implications uh, in regards to queer theory, such as the potential to undermine the base structure on which any identity realized is possible while looking at it through a queer perspective. Queer theory is not solely about sexuality or gender, rather it implies that sexuality cannot be disconnected from other definitions of social status and culture. That is why one should be cautious when trying to define identity with queer theory or at risk becoming too limited. Queer theory is a field of study that critically examines sex, gender, and sexuality and sexual desire from a distant and queer affirmative perspective. Its primary aims are the denaturalization of heterosexuality and heteronormative gender categories, identities, and expressions. And I think that perfectly ties everything together and is a great spot to leave off on. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, thank you. Thank you.